Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 1, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name who, saints? John. And you will have joy, and you will have gladness, and many people will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, Doesn't that sound like a Nazarite vow to you? He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am old and my wife is no spring chicken. I'm sorry. Is that not, that's not in your Bible. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, my wife is well advanced in years. That's what it says. And the angel answered and said to him in verse 19, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and they marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, He couldn't speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. And so it was. As soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth, she conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among the people. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Why don't you jump back up to verse 5, if you will. Notice there was in the days of Herod, these first events, get this, happened in a certain time. What time was that? It was in the days of Herod. Now, we've talked about this. If you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know we have talked about this, that Herod, give me your attention, was also known as Herod the Great. 
The reason he was known as Herod the Great is not because of his great stature, like he was some atlas or something. As a matter of fact, is Josephus, a Jewish historian, who tells us that uh, Herod was about four feet, four inches tall. Whenever I think of Herod, I think of Danny DeVito. Every single time, bar none. I think of Danny DeVito, I don't know why. So the reason he's known as Herod the Great is not because of his great stature, but because of the great buildings and the great palaces and the great fortresses that he would build. As a matter of fact, Herod built this massive fortress 450 feet above sea level known as Masada. Have you ever heard of it? And when we take our trips to Israel, we always stop at Masada. And uh, Masada actually is a Jewish, uh, uh, is an outpost for Jewish zealots during the Jewish revolts. So he was known as Herod the Great because he built aqueducts and he remodeled the temple in Jerusalem. And he was known for his great buildings, but he was also known as Herod the Great because he was greatly vicious. He was also greatly cruel. As a matter of fact, one night, true story, he got mad at his wife and he murdered her and his mother-in-law disagreed, which I think that's just kind of funny. And you murdered my daughter. I disagree with that. It's like, okay. So the mother-in-law disagreed and he had her murdered and then he's so ruthless His two sons disagreed with that, and he had them murdered as well. Herod was so cruel that Caesar Augustus made this comment. He said that it was safer to be Herod's pig than to be his son. Well, the Bible says that it was in the days of Herod. Are you listening? It was in the days of Herod that there was a certain priest, and his name was who? Zacharias. You taking notes? You write this down. The name Zacharias means God remembers. God remembers. Zacharias was of the division or the order of Abijah and in the line of David. Zachariah, Zacharias had a wife and her name was Elizabeth, who was Jewish. And her name means, write this down, his oath. Elizabeth means his oath oath and she was also in the line of David. Now when you put these names together, are y'all listening? This is very important. When you put these names together of this lovely couple, Zacharias, God remembers Elizabeth, his oath. What do we have? God remembers his oath. Now, you also want to keep in mind that this is the first time that God has spoken in 400, count them, 400 years. Remember in Malachi, after Malachi, God had nothing to say to man for 400 years. And when he finally does speak, God says, listen, I haven't talked to you in 400 years, but don't be fooled. I remember my oath. Huh. God remembers his oath. 
So both of, the, both of these guys, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were both righteous before the Lord, the Bible tells us, walking in the commandments of the Lord. So John the Baptist's mother was Jewish, and she didn't know that he was going to be a Baptist. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know where that came from, Dave. It keeps coming too, man. It, each time, it just happens every time So Zacharias and Elizabeth, the Bible tells us, notice they were both very old and without children. Now, I need you to listen close right here. Listen, at this time, there were probably, are you listening? At this time, there was probably about 20 to 22,000 priests in line whose duties it was to go into the holy place and to burn incense for two years. So you could go a whole lifetime and never be called. But Zechariah, his turn, his turn came up and he was pretty excited as it was a privilege to go in and serve in the temple. Interesting. What Zechariah didn't know is that it was all a setup. It was all a setup. Zechariah is inside doing his priestly duties and the people are outside praying. And out of the blue, an angel shows up. And an angel shows up and he says, don't be afraid. Now, we know from verse 19 that the name of the angel is Gabriel. Gabriel shows up and says, don't be afraid. Search the scriptures over and over. Search your Bibles over and over. Whenever an angel shows up and talks to people, the first words out of of his mouth is don't be afraid. Why? (laughs) Do I need to tell you why? (laughs) If you're in your kitchen cooking some chicken <laughs> and the angel shows up and goes, hey there, big fella. You go, whoa, 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 man, what's up? Hey, 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 hey. You take the knife, you go, you like. <laughs> I mean, so an angel shows up in the Bible over and over. They say, don't be afraid. Why? Because if an angel shows up, you're going to be afraid. So he says to Zachariah, he says, listen. Don't be afraid because God has heard your wife's prayer and she's going to have a son and his name is going to be John. Got a pen? Write this down. John means favor of Jehovah. Favor of Jehovah. The angel says, Zach, John is going to be great in the sight of the Lord and you will have joy and you will have gladness and many will rejoice, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and turn the nation back to God. Saints, I want you to fast forward to verse 18. Notice Zachariah says, how shall I know this? How shall I know this? Now, I got to wonder if Zachariah has had bad experiences with angels before. I mean, you would think if an angel is the one telling you this is what's going to happen, wouldn't you think he would just believe that? Zechariah says, how do I know what you're saying is right? And Zechariah is saying, listen, angel guy, I'm old, my wife is old, and I ain't got time for games. Gabriel says, what do you mean? How shall you know? I'm the one, verse 19, the only Gabriel, and God sent me to tell you this. And because you asked me this question, did you get this? 
because you asked me this question, I am going to make you mute and you are not going to speak until you have a son because you didn't believe me. In other words, Gabriel said, I'm going to give you nine months to think about it. And the next time, don't ask me some crazy question. That's Rodney 1-1. Notice the angel told Zacharias that they were going to have a baby. And probably, they probably had lost all hope. I mean, they're old. And they probably lost all hope and had given up on the dream. But that they were going to have a baby. And they were going to name this baby John. Now, hear me. I'm going to take this opportunity to wax political, something that I never do, because I believe that the pulpit should be a platform for preaching and proclaiming the gospel and not for politics. Anybody agree? Can you clap your hands if you agree? I believe that, and you know I believe that. But we do need to point this out. The angel told John, pardon me, Zacharias, that Elizabeth was going to bear a son before she even conceived in her womb. Are you with me so far? Before she conceived in her womb. We know the Bible tells us, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. For you have formed me in the inward parts, David says, and you covered me in my mother's womb. David says, God, you had the blueprint of my body before it ever came into existence. In other words, God is concerned with conception, development, birth, and the life of every single human being. Did you hear me? And I believe, despite what others are saying, I believe that life occurs at the moment of conception. Not when, you know, some people say, well, life doesn't happen until they take their first breath. I don't agree with that. I don't even think if science is honest and true that they can even honestly agree with that. Elizabeth conceived a child. It was a baby and, and even named by God prior to coming into the world. The child's name will be John. Life begins the moment of conception and God is concerned with conception. So he's going, John is going to turn many of the children of Israel to their God. And his mission is to go before Jesus. And he's going to go forward in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Because Elijah was a man who called the people to repentance. And the anointing on John's life was to prepare the people. Are you listening? Was to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Which, by the way, any anointing on your life is to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Don't you know that's your purpose? Christians, wake up. Don't you know that's your purpose? That's why God, I believe that is why God is allowing us to remain on this earth. 
that we would fulfill our purpose. And our purpose is not to be concerned with the affairs of this world. Our purpose is not to be concerned with who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the White House. I care who's in the kingdom. <laughs> I don't care who's in the White House. It's all up in arms. Who's going to get in the White House? And all this consternation about what's going on in the White House. Even Christians, we've lost perspective. We have lost our focus, our purpose. The anointing on our life is to prepare the way for Jesus. We need to be telling as many people as we possibly can, the coming of the Lord is near. I'm not saying be some weirdo, wacko, wearing a placard, standing on the corner, talking about the return of the Lord. That's going to turn people away. You're going to be a weirdo and they're going to take you to Dorothea Dix. I'm going to have to come and preach the gospel to you and try to bail you out. It's going to be a mess. But I'm saying that our purpose is to share the gospel, is to prepare the way of the Lord. The anointing on your life is not to tear down the body of Christ. The anointing on your life is not to divide into little groups in the body. The anointing on your life, are you listening, is not to show how smart you are and inept everyone else is in their theology. Jesus said, God has anointed me to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted. God says John's anointing is to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. And notice in your Bibles, Zechariah went into the temple and the people stood outside. Are you listening? And they stood outside for a long time. And they're probably thinking, man, what's up with this guy? Is he dead? I mean, he's old. Maybe he died in there. I don't know. But then notice verse 22 in your Bibles. When he came out, look at verse 22. When he came out, he couldn't speak. He was mute. And they thought he had seen a vision because all he could do was motion with his hands. And so he comes out and the people say, hey, what took you so long? And Zacharias, he begins playing Pictionary with the people. I mean, he's like kind of guessing, getting the people to guess. He can't speak. Remember, he's mute. He cannot speak. And he's trying to tell them what happened in the temple. So he's come, he comes out and they're like, where you been? What's going on? Why were you in there so long? And he's probably like, you know, there was like. <laughs> and the people are like, what? Bird? Angel? 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 I mean, he's trying to, he's playing Pictionary with them. See, you thought Pictionary just came out. But it's in the Bible. These things are in the scriptures. So he doesn't, he can't speak to the people. And so he motions to them. And they perceive, the Bible says, that he has seen a vision. And when his service was over, he went home. He went home speechless. So he walks in and Elizabeth says, oh, hi, honey. How were things in the temple today? He gets a pen and a pad and he writes, honey, we're going to have a baby. And she says, how do I know this? He's like, don't say that. You see what happened? I can't talk because I said the same thing. 
failure. I mean, put yourself in Zachariah's shoes for, for, for a minute. He's been praying for a son. God hasn't given him a son. And then he's touched by an angel. Okay, I'm sorry, that's my last one. <laughs> and the angel says, and the angel says, you're going to have a son. And Zachariah says, oh, great. Just as my life is getting simple, I'm not used to having kids around. My wife is 90 years old. I think it's a little bit late, but okay, fine. Zachariah is probably thinking, how am I going to explain this? So he comes home from work again, tells his wife, honey, we're going to have a baby. Elizabeth's thinking, Zacharias, you, you've, been, you've been inhaling too much incense. <laughs> something's, something's not quite right there. And Elizabeth, the Bible says, and notice in verse 24 as we wrap it up, had conceived and had to hide herself for five months. And what I wouldn't give to be in their home for these five months. Elizabeth probably, for actually for nine months, Elizabeth is probably thinking, you know what? I've been wanting to tell you a few things. <laughs> and now you can't talk? You're going to hear this. And another thing, <laughs> he's probably got a big old calendar in front of him, eight months and 28 days, two days left of this. She's like, and another thing I've been wanting to tell you, what I wouldn't have done to be, be, been in this house. He was mute for the whole time, and she probably was talking to him the whole time. But think about it. I mean, think about this from Elizabeth's standpoint. Every woman, listen, we wrap it up here. Every woman, I, I said that five minutes ago. Um, every woman in Israel, their hope was to have children, number one. Number two, even better yet, to have a baby boy. And then finally, their, every woman in Israel's hope was to have the promised Messiah. This was their hope. So think about it. How much she had felt when she was told that she was barren, she's not going to be able to have children. And I bet you Satan had a field day with this one. Probably telling her all kinds of lies. Oh, you did this and you did that. God's displeased with you. God doesn't love you. All kinds of things. He had a field day. And she would think, I'm never going to have children. But don't you know the Bible says that there is nothing too hard for God? I like to say there's nothing too hard for God. And where man tells you it is impossible, all things are possible with God. And we have to understand that. That man doesn't dictate the affairs of our lives. When the doctors give you bad news... Well, then you take it to the Lord and you give it to the Lord. You say, God, you are the disposer of this matter, not the doctors. The doctors only know so much. God knows everything. And so I'm sure when you think about this, you know, I like to read the Bible and read what I call the white space. This is what 
is not written, but what is clearly implied and what we can understand from the story. As we take ourselves and put ourselves in the story, you can reduce and deduce what someone was thinking. Can you imagine how excited she was when she was told, an angel showed up, honey, and said, you're going to have a baby. Can you imagine how excited she was? What a day for her. And she finally does get pregnant and she conceives. She bears a son and they call him John. Next week, we're going to see someone else who conceives and bears a son. And they're going to call him Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.